Go ahead and have a seat. I want to uh, add my welcome to you to our gathering here at Jericho Ridge on this Christmas Eve. My name is Brad. I'm part of the teaching and leadership team here at uh, Jericho Ridge, and it's our privilege to have you with us. Now, how many of you listen to the radio and you hear these kind of uh, funny things come up every now and then on the radio that they call a marine forecast. Have you heard these things? Or you see it on the TV, a marine weather forecast? They talk about all kinds of stuff, like they talk about the tides, what time high tide, low tide is going to be. Uh, They talk about the winds, what direction the winds are coming from, going to, I don't know, I can't keep it straight, on what bodies of water the, the winds are blowing on. I don't pay any attention to that kind of thing at all when I'm listening to the radio, because I'm driving in my car. What would I need a marine weather forecast for if I'm driving in my vehicle? Now, the only time I pay attention to the marine weather forecast is obviously if I'm going out on a boat sometime. I'm taking the ferries, or maybe I'm going to take my kayak out. And then suddenly, what before I didn't pay any attention to whatsoever and had no use for in any way, shape, or form. Suddenly, I'm very, very interested in because it affects my life in a very significant way at that point. Suddenly, that marine forecast, I pay a lot of attention to it. I want to know how high the waves are going to be. I want to know what kind of stormy seas I'm likely to encounter on my boat. And suddenly, I want to be certain about things that I didn't really care about a moment before. Now, when I was in high school, uh, I did some sailing, which sounds really pretentious, except for the fact that what I really mean by that is my grandfather was uh, foolish enough to let my cousin and I take his sailboat out on the lake at the cottage, uh, at his cottage in Ontario. And uh, he had a nice sailboat. It was a catamaran, one of those Hobie cats, those two-hulled catamarans. And uh, in my mind, the point of sailing was not, or really any water sport, it was not a recreational activity at all. The point of getting out on the water was to see how fast you could go in a boat, in any given boat. So with sailing, the higher the winds, the equaled higher speed, which equaled higher fun, which is true. But at a certain point, my cousin and I discovered a law of diminishing returns when it came to wind, speed, and velocity. I can remember being out on the water one day, and we thought this was going to be the greatest day ever because the winds were really, really blowing that day. And we thought, let's take the sailboat out. Let's see how fast we can go on this thing. I bet you we could get up on one hull. I bet you we could get almost all the way up perpendicular on one hull. Let's try it. Let's see how fast we can go on this. So we got to sailing this thing, and suddenly as the one pontoon lifted off higher and higher and higher, what was certainty and bravado, but moments ago, as we began to look each other in the eye, turned to fear and trepidation as we realized we have completely lost control of this boat. And the boat actually continued to go at a higher and higher and higher rate of speed, and immediately the boat then began to tip over. Now, kids, do not try this at home. This is not a picture of us. This is a picture I found online. But it turns out that it is actually uh, both very difficult to capsize a two-hulled boat, but it's actually even more difficult to actually right 
a capsized catamaran because that sail, which is quite tall, actually goes really deep in the water and you have to lift it out against all of the pressure of the water. And so my grandfather could see us struggling with this from a distance and decided that that probably was punishment in and of itself enough. But that episode did not end very well for us, uh, as you can imagine, because we didn't pay very close attention to things like the prevailing winds and weather conditions, and we thought that we were invincible. We thought that we could go as fast as we wanted to with no regard for physics or the laws of nature in any way, shape, or form, that we could face whatever the wind would throw at us that day. And it turns out we couldn't. And in fact, we didn't. And it turns out that maybe uh, imagery of being out on the water and nautical imagery is a bit of a helpful metaphor for how many of us deal for our lives and the storms and circumstances of it in particular. In the Bible, in the New Testament, in the book of Ephesians, the author says it this way. Once, you were far away from God. You lived in this world without God and without hope. And the image that he's actually using there is a nautical image. It's an image of being adrift. An image of having no kind of sense of ability to um, address the weather conditions of life. A person, a life, a family that's adrift, anchorless, rudderless in every way, driven and battered by the storms that life throws at each of us from time to time. I want to invite up a, a friend of mine and a friend of Pastor Keith to tell us a little bit about his story and his journey uh, through this process. His name is Samson Lacasse. Sam's an electrical contractor who lives here in Langley, and recently he attended Alpha at Pastor Keith's table. And uh, so we had coffee, the three of us, a couple weeks ago and got to know Sam a little bit more through that. And I've asked him if he would come and share his story with us this evening. So Sam, why don't you come on up and uh, let's welcome Sam here this evening. Hey, thanks for being with us. I know for you and your family, this is like uh, the second time at church today because you guys have been at North Langley already for an afternoon uh, service. So thanks for being with us today. So um, Sam, you talked about when we were getting to know each other a little bit about an episode that happened in your life at Father's Day a couple of years ago uh, where you came to kind of a, a realization about your life. Tell me a little bit, tell us a little bit about what did life look like before that realization for you? Um, give us a little bit of your story, a little bit of your history. Well, I guess uh, going back uh, to my uh, younger years after high school. There you oh, go. That'll a little work. closer? That'll Everybody work. hear me? Yeah. Going back to my uh, younger years after high school, um, I had made some choices, and uh, I was involved in um, crime, organized crime, and, and basically all the associated wrongs that are, the, that are there. Um, and that was my life for quite a few years. I'll put it even closer. There, you go. there right here. Yeah. Um, and uh, basically, uh, I sort of I, I had settled into that lifestyle, and 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 it was me, and and, and I was it, and and that worked for me for for a while. Um, and then uh, children became part of my life. My children, and and my wife now, and and uh, we had our first child, and uh, that wasn't okay for me. It was it wasn't okay for me, and it definitely wasn't okay for my kids. Um, and so I detached. Mm. I completely detached and uh, um, found myself just in this empty void for a really long time. Um, 
basically without that in my life, I didn't know what else to fill it with. And, uh, and that started to lead to, to great loneliness and depression and uh, anxiety, fear, um, and resentment. And all of these things, you know, they basically, they, they were boiling inside of me for, for years. And until I got to a point where um, I just, I ran out of Sam's ideas. I had no more ideas. Nothing I did worked anymore. I was not a happy person. And um, that was Father's Day, uh, 2000, 2012. Um, basically, I, I came to the end of the old Sam. Mm. And... I started praying. Hmm. That was all I did. I just started to pray. And um, my life started to get marginally better. Hmm. So tell us a little bit about what's life looked like then for you since that time, since last Father's Day? Um, exponentially better. Uh, my family and I have since beginning on, you know, with prayer, we've, we've grown on that and we've begun to attend church regularly. Um, we, uh, we pray together and me, my wife and I just attended Alpha, which was amazing. Um, and started to, I've started to have answers to the questions that I didn't, that I didn't know before. I didn't even know there were questions. Basically, I had a life that wasn't, there was nobody in my family that was involved in church or, or, or religion or Christianity. It was, so I didn't understand what was available to me until I opened up that chapter. And, uh, it's amazing. We, uh, we share a lot more um, good times together. We, we, a great deal more understanding um, and patience. And I don't have that lonely, empty, angry feeling anymore mm. most of the time. Yeah. What, um, <laughs> so what does it mean, Sam, to you when we talk about this notion of hope? Uh, what does hope mean to you? Um, hope means to me, uh, we, we're, we're on to our third child now. Mm. Um, and her name is Grace, and hope means to me um, being able to look at my children and know that they never have to see, um, they never have to see the old Sam. They never have to see that sadness or anger, um, and that they are going to know a life that's that's more enriched and more full. Mm. And hope to me is uh, is just the friends and community that I'm, I'm I'm meeting and making as we continue on this. Pardon me, on this journey. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's big. So what, would you, what advice would you say to people who are, um, maybe feel a little bit adrift in their own lives, feel a little bit lost, feel a little bit of that loneliness that you talked about? Um, what are some words of wisdom that you'd give to them? I just what worked for me, just begin to pray in your own way. Just begin to pray and see where that takes you. Mm. It's that simple. Yeah. Yeah. Sam, I really appreciate you um, sharing your story with us and being honest with us. Let's thank him for doing that with us tonight. Right on. Appreciate it, man. That's good. Yeah, I love the way that uh, Sam described his experience that um, went from a place of not having hope to a place of growing, just little steps at a time in hope into something tangible, something more than just wishful thinking. You know, this month here at Jericho Ridge in December, we've been exploring what does it mean to have hope? What does that look like for us? 
Hope is something more than just wishful thinking. It's something more certain, more substantial. But on a night like tonight, it can be easy for us, I think, to confuse wishing and hoping. So kids, you might think to yourself, well, I'm going to bed tonight and I'm wishing that maybe something particular will be under the tree tomorrow morning. You might even use the language of hope to actually describe that experience and that desire. Oh, I hope I get a particular Lego set, or I hope I get an American Girl doll, or I hope I get a remote control car, whatever it is. But that's not quite hope in the way that the Bible talks about hope. That's wishing for something, but hope in the way that the Bible talks about it is more substantive and more, uh, it's a little bit heavier and more weightier and more important than that. And the Bible uses another nautical image or boating image to describe hope. Hebrews chapter 9 says it this way, and this is the verse that's on the front of your program. It says, God has given us his promise. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge, those like Sam who have said, I want to explore this. I want to come to a place of understanding more about who God is. If you've done that, or if you're on that process, you can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. Brad, I'm going to sneak in front of you here for a minute and grab. See, hope has some substance to it. It's got some weight to it. The scripture says, hope is an anchor for our souls. It's actually something that we can hold on to that has some actual substance to it that's going to that's going to actually do something concrete and specific in our lives in other words there's a difference between wishful thinking and hope wishing is kind of well just wishing that something would happen whereas hope has a sense of trust author Eugene Peterson in his book the message living the message daily puts it this way wishing grows out of our egos. Hope grows out of faith. Hope is oriented toward what God is doing. Wishing is oriented toward what we are doing. Wishing is our will projected into the future. Picture it in your mind. Wishing is a line that comes out of me with an arrow pointing toward the future. But hope or hoping is a line that comes out of God from the future with an arrow pointing toward me. Wishing is me projecting my expectations, my plans, my future, the things that I can do and control into the future and thinking about what could come of that. And Sam described some of his experiences with that and got to a point in his life where he said, you know what? I'm done with that line going out from me into the future. I can't conceptualize that future for myself. I need to think in different terms. Hope is something altogether different. Hope is God throwing you an anchor. Hope is an anchor that can give us a sense of peace and certainty in the middle of a chaotic world that we live in. Hope is when you and I grow in our confidence and character of who God is and what he is doing in our world despite the prevailing weather conditions that swirl around us. 
And this, friends, is the real message of Christmas, a message of hope. It's a message that declares that a baby born some 2,000 years ago ushered in hope into our world in a new way, in a way that only God can bring hope into our world. The hope that's come into the life of countless millions of people down through history is substantial. It's not just wishful thinking. The hope that came into Sam's life, a glimmer of it on that Father's Day. It's come into the lives of many, many people who call Jericho Ridge home. And it can come into your life today. Or more appropriately, the God who gives hope can come into your life today. If you choose to believe in the audacity of hope, if you say, I'm giving up captaining my own ship, that ship can capsize pretty easily. I need an anchor. I need something more substantial in my life for my soul. You and I don't know what the future holds, friends. And I don't know what all of your circumstances hold right now. To be truthful, we don't even know what tomorrow morning holds for any of us. I don't know if you can hold it together for tomorrow and any family gatherings that you attend without saying something that you may regret later on. I don't know if you, uh, your employment circumstances are substantial and are going to carry through in this next year. I don't know if your family life will hold together. We don't know what the future will hold. And so that can create a level of uncertainty in our lives. But there is one thing amidst our circumstances of life that we can be certain of. You and I can know a hope that is a line coming straight from God to you and me. And so I want to ask you today, on this Christmas Eve, what direction is your hope pointed in? Is your hope just the sum total of things that you can concoct in your life, projected out into the future? Wishful thinking about what may or may not be? Or is the hope upon which you build your life a line coming from God to you that's something of substance, something worth holding on to in the storms of life? And so I'd invite you as we sing these next songs to think about that. And these next songs are a declaration of faith and confidence in that hope that you can have in a God who is worthy of your trust and confidence.